We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition. It feels like we just saw you, but another edition of the Irish Breakdown podcast. We're going live a little bit early tonight because we want to kind of be with y'all as the rankings start getting revealed. ESPN is just now kicking off their show, and we're going to find out where Notre Dame ends up in tonight's ranking. So obviously Notre Dame won this past weekend 44 to nothing. There were several teams ahead of them that lost this weekend. And of course, some teams that ahead of them that you know didn't necessarily play so great. So we're going to see. I would imagine they'll move up at least three spots from their number eighteen spot they were last week. There's a chance they could end up as high as thirteen, like they were in the AP poll. So we're going to discuss all of that, and we'll just kind of discuss the rankings as they come out, and uh, just do what we always do: give our feedback on just on the rankings. We'll talk about what we think of the top four, the teams that are in it, kind of look, you know how some of the matchups this weekend are going to play out. So we're going to have some fun just talking some ball, hanging out with our people, Sean. That's what we that's what we love to do. It's going to be an interesting uh, statement here by the CFP committee to see what they try to set up with the last two weeks, really uh, having the opportunity to be kind of chaotic <laughs> with all these championship games, big-time matchups. I uh, saw uh, about a two-minute clip earlier where Heather Dennis was talking about how pivotal Notre Dame was in this thing over the next two weeks, how important the win for Ohio State might end up being if they can't beat Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to upset USC to set up other opportunities for one-win teams like Clemson. Right. You know, and the Clemson loss, you know, that they have at the hands, the drubbing they have at the hands of Notre Dame, how that plays into the, how the committee views them. So Notre Dame is front and center yeah. in the committee's mind in the next two weeks. Yeah, Sean, the the the, Ohio, the USC Ohio State Clemson aspect is fascinating because obviously Notre Dame is not going to be a college football playoff team this year. No, no, but. If you're not going to be in it, you want to have an impact on it, right? And right now, they're in a position where they're going to have an impact on it. The only yeah. reason Clemson's not firmly in the top four is because Notre Dame smacked them. Yeah, you know uh, the the 
only thing keeping note right now in the immediate future, the only thing that could keep USC from jumping into the top four is Notre Dame beating them. Yeah. You know, and so it's going to be fascinating. And obviously USC could lose in the big 10, 12 champion pack, 12 championship game, but that's another thing for another time. So, and then how does the committee view Tennessee, you know, without Hendon hooker, how they play this weekend. It's just a lot of the jockeying behind the top. I mean, I think the top four is going to stay the same, right? Nobody lost. Yeah. We're going to see Georgia, Ohio state, Michigan, TCU. I don't see that changing. What's going to be fascinating is what's next. Where does Clemson finally leap above Bama? Does, you know, cause like what's your justification? So like, let's say LSU loses to Georgia and let's say, you know, Michigan gets smacked by Ohio state. And let's just say, you know, I mean, all these things that could, could happen, right? Mm -hmm. What's your justification then going to be for moving Clemson? Are you going to put Bama in as the number two or as a number four seed at some point in time, you know, and you're going to keep Clemson out at 12 and one. What would yeah. be the justification for that? So why is Bama still ahead of Clemson? Will that change this week? Will we see sort of like what we saw with like Ohio State and uh, Baylor jump in TCU late in the process? So it's going to be very fascinating to see how that all plays out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, I think they show the respect. This is why I think Notre Dame will jump up and is gaining respect with the committee because <laughs> they look at that loss for Clemson, and that's one of the reasons it's a much better loss um, than some. But then I don't think the loss is as good as the losses that Alabama has in the eyes of the committee. You know, two late game losses where Alabama literally had the chance to win both games late in the game to Tennessee and LSU. And then the drubbing by sure. Notre Dame. I, I guess for me, it still comes down to the only argument that you can make for Bama is they have better losses. That's it. Right. But you you can't build their resume around wins. That's no. my problem with it. 
you know, and right now Clemson has beat the team that beat the SEC West champs. You know, so there's just really no justification right now for still having Alabama ahead of Clemson. Yes, their losses are close, but the counter argument is, okay, they almost lost to Texas. They almost lost to Texas A&M, who's not very good. They almost lost to Arkansas, who's not very good, and had their third-string quarterback in at the end of the game. You know, like I said to Ryan in a conversation earlier, no, or was it you? They're closer to being 6-5 and five than they are 11-0, and 0, in my opinion, mm-hmm. you know? So, because they got outplayed by Tennessee a lot of that game. They hit some oh. plays. They got some officiating calls. That pass interference on fourth down was a horrible call, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's kind of – that's kind of and LSU, I mean, LSU I thought outplayed them as well, too. Certainly outcoached them. Alabama just had better players, that, which allowed them to kind of stay in that game a little bit. But, you know, I think Alabama's been played a lot this year. I don't think Clemson's been outplayed this year except for the one game against Notre Dame. So uh, They got outplayed twice, I would say, in my opinion. Wake? Um, no, I think Syracuse outplayed them. Clemson okay, that's a, that's a fair one. Yeah, they Syracuse warmed down late. The majority of okay, the Louisville in at 25 is huge for Clemson. Yeah. Yeah, that's big for Clemson. Yeah. So that's a that's a big one. So they got Oregon State at 21, UCF at 22, yep. Texas at 23, at four losses. They're really going to try to pump up that Bama resume, aren't they? <laughs> you know, they're part then, of the ESPN family with the Longhorn Network. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, Cincinnati at 24 is a little surprising they didn't move up more. And then uh, Louisville at 25. So that's going to mean that, Lu- that Tulane is now sitting pretty with the – top group of five thing if you know they got to still play Cincinnati this weekend that's going to set up a very interesting game this weekend with Cincinnati Sean very interesting weekend yeah that's one of the teams that you might like to see going against Notre Dame in a bowl yes you Cincinnati is for me for sure that would be a fascinating storyline fascinating and I'm surprised they kept UCF in actually now that they lost to Navy but I mean I'm such a disappointing loss yeah yeah. yeah, they're not a top twenty-five team for me. I mean, I still don't no. see. You know, they just don't have the wins for me. Although they they beat Tulane, that was a good one. Tw- Ole Miss falls down to twenty, so Notre Dame's at least in the top fifteen. You got Florida State at sixteen, so they did not jump Notre Dame. You got Tulane at nineteen, uh, well, this- bounce back from their loss. UCLA at eighteen. Yeah. North Carolina at 17. So Notre Dame still has a that's a really good quality win for Notre Dame. Then Florida State up to 16. So this is looking good for Clemson so far, Sean. It is Louisville jumping in and now North Carolina still being 17. Because if, if Clemson beats so North Carolina is probably gonna win this weekend. If they do, if if they do, then all of a sudden they're still around 15-ish. If Clemson beats them, they're gonna stay in the top 25. If they'd have Absolutely. fallen down to 20. You know, it might have been harder to keep them in there. And then Florida State at 16, Sean, is big, big wonderful, for them. Wonderful job. I took my captain, Mike Norville, oh, and what he's yeah. done with that program. Sean, they were on the verge. I thought they were on the verge of collapsing when they lost three in a row. Yeah. Last previous – okay, Notre Dame checks in at 15. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, that surprises me a little now bit. Now, this goes to my point. I yeah. firmly believe that if Notre Dame had finished Navy the way they were supposed to yeah. – 
they would be sitting 12, 13. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, but I think that's a nonsense thing for them to be doing. I don't, I don't disagree with you. I mean, but you, you know, know how you know how things. Oh, are. I know. But you know. Utah, I mean, again, yeah, yeah. Kansas State for me is like what? Right. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get that one at all. I don't get Utah. I don't get Utah being ahead of Notre Dame. To be honest with yeah. you. Washington, I understood they were ahead of them last week, and then I I don't get the committee's infatuation with Utah. I, I I've never understood it. I, I really don't. I mean, yeah, they beat USC. I I, I just don't get the infatuation with Utah. I, I just don't. I don't. But we'll see. I mean, it'll play itself out this weekend. If Notre Dame beats USC, they'll leap Utah. I think they'll leap all four of those teams, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Well, some of those teams could lose. I mean. Washington True. State's got to play, or Washington's got to go to Washington State. You know, Kansas State plays Kansas. You know, Penn State at eleven is is ridiculous. A joke. They've beaten no one. <laughs> They've beaten absolutely no one at this point in time. It's their biggest win outside of the Big Ten. Auburn, who stinks? Yes, yes. <laughs> right, they stink. Yeah. So, and what's their big win in the Big Ten? Probably, probably Purdue at this point. Right. A game they got outplayed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was going well for Clemson. That that doesn't help Clemson as much, in my opinion. No. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, uh, yeah, Ooh, I mean, Penn Tennessee State at yeah, 11. Tennessee at 10. This is going to be really interesting. They dropped down five spots. And that's probably including the loss of Hendon Hooker, too. That probably yes. dropped them yeah. maybe another spot. Yep. But Notre Dame moves up, what, three spots, Sean? Yeah. Okay. So come on now, guys. Let's get to it. I've got them on mute, so all I'm just seeing is staring at the screen, wondering what the heck they're talking about. <laughs> I understand going team by team once you get to the top six. Sure. 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 I get it. But yeah. seven, you can just post it. I know, right? Yeah, like, come on, guys. Yeah, one through four. They should have done one through four. I would have gone to one through four because those aren't going to change. Those are the most obvious. Oregon with the big nine in Oregon. Okay. So Oregon moves up. I thought they dropped a little bit too far. With their loss to after loss uh, to Washington, yeah, I thought they dropped too far. Like, you know, like why does Utah only drop the spots they did, but Utah dropped as far as they did, or you know what I mean? Oregon dropped as far as they did. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know what I mean? So yeah, that was a little strange. Yeah, they, uh, Utah doesn't deserve to be ahead of Notre Dame at this point. No, oh, it does not. And Oregon tried to give them that game on Saturday. Yeah, they did. I mean, they, they really did. Tried to give it to them. And Utah couldn't capitalize. That was an ugly game. Yeah, very ugly game. And I thought, Sean, to your point about Navy, Ooh, I thought the – That's still at eight. Wow. They're going to have Bama ahead of Clemson? That's absurd. Yeah. They are really punishing Clemson for that Notre Dame loss. Like, that's absurd, man. So you're going to have Alabama at number seven based on what? Like what's Alabama's resume right now, Sean? Like what's the, what are the wins that they're building the Alabama re- resume around? Beating Ole Miss, 
I mean, literally right now, Alabama has wins over number 24 and number 20, right? No, I'm sorry, 20 and 23, correct? Yep. I mean, okay. I mean, I know why. And two losses. But, you know, because people talk resume. Like, it's not about just resume with this committee. Like, they watch these games. But Alabama's not impressive, though, in their games. That's the thing is Alabama's not impressive in their game. They, they Yeah, they almost won two games, but they lost those games, and they've looked bad in a lot of games this year that they've yeah, won. They've lost two close games to teams that are going to be in the top right. six. But that they is, lost, right? They that lost. That is what they're holding on to, and they're right. looking at the eye test and saying Alabama is a better team than Clemson. That's, I don't see, but I don't think the eye test says that, though. Hold on, Alabama said, okay. Like to me, yes, they had close losses. Great. But they didn't look very good in beating Texas. They didn't look very good in beating Ole Miss, to be honest with you. I mean, Ole Miss should have beat them. They didn't look very good beating Texas AM. Arkansas was a good win, but Arkansas is not very good. Like, I just, you got to, to me, your resume, your eye test has to be how do you play in games you actually win, you know? And they didn't win those games. You know, Clemson is, has, to me, been an, has has been in more control of games in my opinion this year. Like like was the only the only game that Clemson really, you know, Syracuse game was competitive, right? No, and Clemson then, had three games where they were questionable. Uh, talk, including the loss, right? Are you yeah. including the loss? Yeah, yeah. The you've loss. got Wake Forest, uh, Syracuse, and Notre Dame, right? Yeah. Why do they have Greg McElroy on this? I don't understand Cause that because he's a former Alabama great. No, he's a former Alabama quarterback. <laughs> tell that <laughs> to his tell it to his uh, record quarterback right. record, man. Yeah. You don't want to give the great tag nonsense. Ryan just coming in with the troll stuff right away. <laughs> they, they just need to get Jacob Jacob Coker on here. I know right? we can get uh, I mean, I think, I think Blake with, Sims. With the Clemson Alabama thing, there is a clear ACC versus SEC bias. I mean, right. they're pretty much telling you that. Like, right, which is just going to be interesting to see how that shakes out this weekend, Sean, because you have, what, three ACC-SEC matchups this weekend? Yeah. Right? So you'll have yeah. – oh, no, four, actually. Four. Because doesn't Louisville play Kentucky as well? Yeah, that's their rivalry game. Okay, so you'll have yeah. four SEC versus ACC games this weekend. You have the uh, – what, Clemson, South Carolina? Right. South Carolina plays, I think, at Clemson. Florida does Florida State's at home, right? Against Florida, I believe so. Yeah, they're at home, and then you've got Georgia, Georgia Tech. That'll be a blowout, probably. And then you've got obviously um, what you just you just the game you just mentioned. So yeah, it's Louisville, Kentucky, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State, and then South Carolina, Clemson. So it's going to be interesting to see how how the ACC does in that, and if they actually look at that as something that they're going to respond to. But what's the uh, has there what are, what are the SEC ACC matchups we've seen so far? The third best team in the ACC right now is beat the number two team in the SEC, right? So, yep, and they should already be getting more respect. In my opinion. I mean, Pitt came within an eyelash of beating yeah. Tennessee. Took them to overtime. Pitt's a middle of the road ACC team this year. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. Ohio State number two. That's expecting. Expected. Number three, Michigan. Yep. 
This is why on Saturday we're going to have to get all of our TVs on the same the same wavelength. But yeah, so and then I, I I mean the top four is not going to change. I mean there's no way they're going to drop TCU out, right? I mean there's no way they could do that. No chance. Um, no chance. I mean personally, I would have flip flopped Michigan to TCU, but that's agree. Just- that's Sean, Sean, that's the hatred in your heart, sir. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm right. But and honestly, though, the resume says that too. I mean, TCU has far more good wins. Michigan has one win over an inflated Penn State team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, the eye test, man. The eye test. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, ser- and seriously, though, the eye yeah. test can only mean so much. I mean, an eye test has to be okay. What does eye test really mean? Okay, you almost won a couple games. LSU at five, so USC is going to be a six. That surprises me a little bit. I thought they'd give, I thought they'd bump USC up after beating UCLA. I I knew LSU would be at five. They're trying to set this is perfect positioning to benefit the SEC, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, so this is protection for Georgia. This is absolute protection for Georgia if they lose the SEC championship game. Yep. Absolutely. And they get two SEC teams in. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Sean, let's not let's not live in a world where LSU wins the SEC championship game, though, please. Yeah. I mean, like, yo, they, they play the game, bro. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. Anything can happen. Stetson Bennett can go down the first play. <laughs> yep. They got they got who, who's their backup? Carson Beck. We got Carson Beck ready, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got Carson Beck. You have the Vandergriff kid, but Beck's their backup. Yeah, I've got about Brock Vandergriff. Yeah, over him. Yep. Yeah, this is like it's so. I mean, here's the thing: what has the SEC done this season to deserve that ranking? In my opinion, I just I think there's a lot of mixed results. You can look at Florida beat Utah and the Pac-12, but like they also have some bad losses. You know, Florida State beat LSU, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Texas A&M lost to App State, who gave. You know, A and M gives Alabama a game, right? Well, I mean, well, well, normally, are you, are you, sorry, go Sean, ahead. God. No, you go. No, I'm just saying. Normally, the committee right here has not had to work this hard, right? Mm-hmm. To get to pump the SEC up, to right? Pump the SEC right. because Georgia and Alabama, yo, everybody expected it. Georgia and Alabama will be in the SEC championship game, right? Loser is at the fourth spot. Winner right. at the one spot. Big right. Ten championship gets in there. And then whomever's left right. out of the conference yeah. champions gets in at the three spot. And then when they lost to Tennessee, they still had dreams of it, but then they lost to LSU. So now they have to pump up LSU, who got blasted at home by Tennessee. Right. I mean, blasted. Right. And 40 to 13, to, and it wasn't that close, Sean. And lost to what? Florida State is sitting at, what did I see, 13? Got outplayed the entire game as well. They, yeah. I don't think they ever led in that game, right? So They got outplayed by Florida State, so. Clemson looked far more impressive in beating Florida State than LSU did. I mean, if you want to do common opponents, oh, so Absolutely. LSU has, Clemson has a better record, mm-hmm. and they have a more convincing win over a common opponent. Yeah. So, you and know. And that was a home game for LSU. Basically, yeah, basically. It was in New Orleans. Yeah, basically, yeah. You know, it's right. a weird one for me. As speaking of SEC, Tennessee's still at ten. I thought they yeah. may have dropped back a spot or two more, just because if we're talking about obviously the resume, right? I mean, the resume is that you just got destroyed by a okay SEC team. I mean, South sure. Carolina's what seven and three. 
But then if you're also bringing in the eye test, I mean, Hendon Hooker now being out for the season, your Heisman Trophy candidate, but he's not, I mean, yeah. that's got to be something. Right? I mean, I get that, but for me, it's like, who are you going to put ahead of them? You're going to put Penn State? What's Penn State's resume built on? At least LSU can – or Tennessee can still say, hey, we beat number seven Alabama. We beat number five LSU. And I get – Ryan, like I get what you're saying with like Hendon Hooker's out and they just got blown out, but that doesn't negate that they blew out Alabama – or blew out uh, uh, LSU and then beat Alabama. And, yeah. and really led – I mean, they really controlled the game for – I mean, they were up big early. Alabama claws back That's in. Alabama. Yeah. Yep. So, you, again – you got to have something. You got to have wins to hang your hat on. And 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 I yes, this weekend's loss was bad, but there's several. I mean, Penn State has two double digit losses on their resume right now. One of those games is more competitive. The Ohio State game was competitive until the end. It was yeah, but like they haven't beat anybody. And then you've got who's number who's number? Um, I think it's Kansas State is at twelve, right? Yeah, Kansas I mean State. Kansas State has three losses. Yeah, you know, including a, a loss to Tulane. Right. So, I mean, the only team you could maybe think about bumping up is Washington at nine and two because of a comparable record. And they've at least got some good wins. They got a win over number nine, Oregon, but they also lost to Arizona State. So, yeah, I, I, I would, I get the temptation to move them down. I just, I just don't know who I would put that, ahead of them at this point. That, that, uh, Washington lost to Arizona State is still one of the most befuddling losses of the season so far. That was odd, very odd game. Think about where Washington would be sitting right now if they didn't lose that game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'd be sitting in a good position, really good yeah. position. Guys, I'm going to ask you this question too. I wonder how much of them having Clemson and USC further away is not only meant to attempt to try to get – because what are the two conferences that draw the most ratings? It's the SEC and who else? The Big Ten. Big Ten, yeah. I wonder how much of this is also trying to set up, put Clemson as far away as they can and USC as far away as they can to make it harder to drop Michigan if Michigan has a close loss to Ohio State. Oh, in conjunction with keeping Penn State as high as they are. Right. Right? So it's not just about Georgia and LSU. It's also about, I think, yeah. I mean, because look, let's be, I mean, to me, Sean, I think you made a great point. This is the hardest this committee's ever had to work to manipulate the rankings. Yes. <laughs> right? And it's because the two power conferences that they want that make money aren't great this year. Mm-hmm. They're not. I mean I mean you're also you're also I mean to to the Clemson conversation of kind of trying to keep them back also putting Notre Dame at 15 makes that a little you know that what I mean? Looks like, like an attempt as... to punish both. Yes, of them. I mean, it, it's, exactly. it's going to diminish the win by USC. Yep, and makes the Clemson loss in the rim look worse. And well, and the fact that USC is behind LSU is also like you know if Notre Dame wins that game, then it's you know what I mean. There's just a lot of a lot of politics in this one. I yeah. think right now. I think there's a lot of. I'll, I'll say this. I think the committee actually respects Notre Dame more than the ranking. Yes, agreed. You can't punish Clemson, but then award Notre Dame. Correct. You understand what I'm saying? If you award Notre Dame, that means that loss, that's a pretty darn good loss. It's not an anti-Notre Dame ranking. It's an anti-Clemson ranking. Well, the lower you rank Notre Dame, the more you can punish Clemson. Florida screws with their whole The Florida State rankings jacks them up big time. 
Yes. Because they've got to make they've got to make the loss. But see, I think what they're trying to do is get Florida State and Notre Dame as close as they can to each other. So they can be like, well, look, Clemson got blown out by then their loss to number whatever. And LSU's loss to number whatever was really competitive. And then ignore the fact that Clemson actually beat that team convincingly. Right. You know what I mean? Just ignore that. Florida State was up, what, double digits until like, what, three minutes in that game? Yeah. Did you actually watch the game? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody just said this, and I and I'll go even further. Some uh, let's see here, who who said that um, about the committee? Let me let me find this one. Um, here you go. Irish Town said the committee will lose its credibility if a one loss ACC champ does not get in. I'm going to tell you right now, they're going to lose their credibility if a one loss Pac-12 or a one loss Big 12 or a one loss uh, ACC don't get in over a two loss SEC team. Yeah, like that's I mean because like. Like let's okay. Here's a perfect example. Let's take the fact that Georgia is a is a um, uh, defending champ, right? That shouldn't matter in this year's rankings, right? It should just be about who you are this year. So if Georgia loses to LSU, explain to me why Georgia has a resume that should have them staying in the college football playoff. Forget because what they always say, right? This is what they say. This is what they say. The committee is always adamant about saying, okay, here's the deal. We are, they're doing this right here. This is great strength. Clemson has a higher strength of record and a better win, a win loss record against uh, top 25 teams, by the way, they just pointed that out. So again, you can't just, I love that ESPN's calling them on it. At least it looks like it. I don't know what they're saying, but it looks like if I putting that up, but here's what I'm saying. They, the committee says every week we throw out the previous rankings. I think that's bull crap. At least this year it is. I think in the past there was merit to that, saying that they actually did that, guys. I think that there were times where you say, hey, look, this looks like a fresh batch of rankings. But I think that this year you're very much seeing that they're looking at last week's because how can you look at Clemson's wins the last couple weeks and still justify – and then look at how Bama's played over against like who and then justify still keeping Bama ahead of them. Yeah. You know, especially since Bama's resume just took a hit with Tennessee getting crumped destroyed by South Carolina to Ryan's point. Right. So that loss looks worse. And, and so to me, it's like, it's hard for me to justify the, the belief that they throw the rankings out every week. Cause otherwise there's no justification for continuing to keep Alabama and LSU ahead of USC. Cause like last week, Sean, you could have justified LSU being ahead of USC. Yeah. Cause the question was, well, who has USC beat? Well, they just beat a top 20 team now. Right. And their only loss, to your point, the good loss, they only lost by one point to your number 14 team. 14 team. Let me ask you this, though. This is going to be interesting because we, we can talk top four. This is where you test the integrity. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame wins. They're at 15. USC is what, seventh? It's, uh, sixth. Sixth. Six. Yeah, five you LSU, know. six USC. Well, yeah, let's say Notre Dame wins – not super close, but it's convincing. Mm-hmm. Do you still keep USC ranked ahead of Notre Dame? Yeah. How, can you, how can you tell both people, college football fans, that just watch these two teams play? Right. That that team that has one more loss that just smashed this other team isn't a better football team when they beat them 
in their home. And to your point, Sean, you're clearly looking at the committee. They're clearly okay putting teams with fewer, with more losses ahead of teams with fewer losses. Twice. They're doing it twice in these rankings, right? LSU being ahead of, well, really, LSU being ahead of USC and Clemson, and then Alabama being ahead of Clemson. Mm-hmm. You're, you're absolutely, and then you look at the three loss teams. There's three loss teams ahead of two loss teams in these rankings as well. You've got three loss Kansas State ahead of two loss Washington, ahead of two loss North Carolina, right? So to your point, what would USC's resume be compared to Notre Dame's at that point? Okay, absolutely. here's the advantage they have. Okay, well, we have a win over a common opponent. That doesn't mean anything because we just beat you on your field. In this hypothetical situation. So Notre Dame would have two top 10 wins and another top 20 win. What's USC's resume? What what are they building their their resume around? A close loss to Utah? We said this in week one, Ryan. And Mm -hmm. no, you weren't in here. I think it was Vince. You're seeing more emphasis on losses with these rankings, quality of losses, than wins. wins. Because how else do you justify – Notre Dame being where they are when they have a far more impressive wins than several teams ahead of them, several teams ahead of them. So like Washington's a perfect example, Sean, to your point, you know, like I'm okay with Washington being ahead in my, just my head. But then my, my question is, but how does Washington have a better resume than Notre Dame right now? Right. I mean, if you're going to talk about wins, they lost to number 18 UCLA in a convincing fashion. It was 40 to 32, but wasn't that close. And then they lost to an unranked and not very good Arizona State team. And then yeah. the, the three games leading into their game against Colorado, who's terrible, they had a three-point win over number nine Oregon. Well, Notre Dame has a 21-point win over number eight Clemson, right? And then they had a seven-point win over Cal in a game that was very similar to Notre Dame had a seven-point win over Washington. Right, and then they have a three-point win over number twenty-two Oregon State. So a win over a, a three-point win over number ten, and a three-point win over number twenty-two. Notre Dame, however, has a twenty-one-point win over number eight, and a thirteen-point win over number seventeen. Both on that one on the road, mm-hmm. right? So if you're going to look at you know resumes, and no, and one of Notre Dame's losses was a competitive loss on the road to number two. Mm-hmm. In a game, Notre Dame led for more of that game. Right. You got to be You're going to do it for everybody else, right? Do it for the other teams as well. So if you're going to have those teams, if you're going to have LSU ahead of USC, and if you're going to have Alabama ahead of Clemson, then why is Notre Dame at 15? Right. right? Also, yeah. where, where was where was Kansas State? Isn't Kansas State like 13 in front 12. of Notre Dame as well? 12. 12. Well, I mean, I was just—I was just looking at their schedule. I mean, the ranked opponents, well, the currently ranked opponents that they've faced, they lost to Tulane, they mm-hmm. lost to TCU, yeah. and they lost to Texas. They're zero three they against ranked teams. They, they don't have a ranked win, yeah. Sean be, Ryan, because they have better losses than Notre Dame. That's the whole thing. The only justification you can have for mm-hmm. having Kansas State ahead of Notre Dame is because their losses are better. Two of their three losses are better. Yeah, that's it. A two late a two lane team that just got boat raced by UCF last week. Who and, lost the Navy? Who lost and a a lead over TCU in which you crumbled in the most important part of the game. Twenty eight to ten lead. Yeah, in that game, and you got beat. You got outplayed at home by you. And here's the thing: two of their three losses, guys, were at home, just like Notre Dame's, right? Yeah. So. 
they're no longer giving teams credit for wins at this point in time. Are you going to tell me they're giving them credit for the Baylor and Oklahoma State wins? Uh, okay, then I want credit for the BYU win because BYU beat Baylor. You know what I mean? If we're not going to care about the records and we're just going to look at whatever you know arbitrary thing, then there's nothing about their resume that that tells me that they're that this that they're putting emphasis on wins. Nothing about their resume. So I'll, I'll be honest, guys. I'm I'm as perplexed by the rankings as I've ever been. I just don't see how with USC beating UCLA this weekend. I really don't see how you can justify on the road. By the way. Mm-hmm. I don't see how you can justify with their only loss being a one-point road loss to number 14. I don't see how you can justify having them. And they've also got to win. Oh, I forgot. USC has two ranked wins now because Oregon State's back in there. So Oregon State's what, 14, uh, 22, 20, uh, 21? Yeah. So you've now got two top 25 wins for USC and their only loss being a one-point a one-point uh, one road loss to number 14. So you're having a, you're going to have a hard time convincing me that that USC's resume, when you consider fewer losses, isn't better than what LSU's is. Because if LSU doesn't lose to Florida State, Florida State's not ranked, right? I mean, that's the kind of thing. It's like, well, you know, they they beat a ranked Florida State. Well, they lost to a, I mean, they lost to a ranked Florida State team. Florida State. If USC would have had a close loss to, let's say, uh, you know, Washington State, Washington State's probably ranked. Yeah. You know, because they're sitting there at seven and four. They'd be eight and three at that point in time. They'd be winners of three in a row. Just beat Arizona, who beat UCLA. You know, beats they have a four-point loss to Utah. They would have beat USC. They'd be sitting there with a three-point loss to Oregon State. They'd have had a loss to uh, Oregon, a three-point loss to Oregon, a loss to Oregon State, and a four-point loss to Utah. Well, now all of a sudden, their resume is looking better than Kansas State's. At that point in time, but but they didn't. They lost. I mean, th- that's the thing is Florida State beat LSU. So I'm real puzzled by some of this stuff. I'm very puzzled by this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't understand why we usually have good fans from other teams that come in here and actually talk some sense. But then then oh, yeah. there's that. I, I was going to I was going to block it as well. Yeah. I was yeah. So uh, that's the thing for me. And we're sitting there. Ju- we're sitting there defending his team's ranking, but he still wants to act like a, you know, a child clown. clown so yeah. uh, he can go clown somewhere else. Uh, anyway, these. Yeah, I, I guys, I'm uh, I'm I'm frustrated. I've always kind of felt like for the most part, the committee got stuff right. But I'm I'm not loving what I'm seeing from the committee tonight. I'm really not. I'm really not. I, I just a lot of this. It's it's a lot of contradiction, guys. Yeah. Right. But the one common theme that I think we're seeing though is they're putting more value in good losses than good wins. Yeah, like, good losses and past resumes. Right. Right. Like that's, that's Here's the thing, and and recency bias. Why is Alabama ranked ahead of Tennessee? Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, that's a good point. Who's got better wins? That, but- yeah, who's no, got better not. wins, Alabama or Tennessee? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So how, the only thing, the two things you're not supposed to do in the committee, based on their their charter, is it's about wins are supposed to count more than losses, mm-hmm. and it's not supposed to be about what you've done recently. It's about the whole body of work. And if you look at the whole body of work, Tennessee flat out has a better body of work than Alabama right now, mm-hmm. flat out. And if you're going to talk about the playoff, Ryan, then I would say take Kendon Hooker into consideration. But right. getting ready for them yeah. to go play Vanderbilt, I don't think it should matter where they're ranked based on 
where Hendon Hooker, what happened to Hendon Hooker. That's fair. That's fair. So, you know, so you're talking about Alabama. Here's the two things working for 10, same record. They beat Alabama head to head and they destroyed LSU, who beat at LSU, who beat Alabama at LSU. Who's number five in the ranking. Yeah. Right. Like, so, so not only did they win the head to head, but they have a win over a common opponent that one team lost to and the other team won by 27 on the same exact field. They both played at LSU. Tennessee destroyed LSU. Alabama lost. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me now how you can justify that. Right. It does. It's, it's a, it's a, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'll say this one. I think the performance of Wake Forest this season is hurting Clemson because I think people expected Wake Forest to and and to an extent North Carolina State, the teams that were supposed to be at the top that were ranked early in the season, if they mm-hmm. had stayed true to form, Clemson would probably get a little bit more credit for the ACC. When you have teams that weren't expected to come up and be like people didn't expect North Carolina to be this good. So right. the respect is not going to be the same as if it was Wake Forest, who you expected to be a top 15 team. Sure. And they're still holding fast to that. So the ACC is seen as it was preseason. Whereas now I really think the CFBP committee is looking and saying, well, it's a weaker ACC conference than we thought going into the season, which which is not which is nonsense. Yeah, it's nonsense because if if Florida State's better and Wake Forest mm-hmm. is worse, then it's it's not worse. It even right. Out. Yeah, N- right. NC State has been replaced by Louisville. Clemson yeah. beat Louisville two weeks ago. Yeah, but convincingly. I didn't, I didn't even see you. Louisville was at twenty five. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. I didn't even see right. that. Wow. So you I'm just beat that team 31-16 two weeks ago, and it was 31-10 until Louisville scored at the very end of the game. Yeah. So, you know, so you're like, not you, Sean, you're contradicting yourself with that, not you, the committee. Yeah. In in saying, well, you know, wait, if that if that were true, it would it would be a contradiction because yes, Florida State's nobody thought Florida State was going to be this good. Right. And yeah. and Louisville's jumped in, right, with, with their success. Louisville, who also I believe owns a win over UCF. Well, right. Based upon that, what yes. most people say, most people would say the SEC is not as strong. Correct. It's not. Why? Why? Because Bama is where they are. Right. If Bama the whole SEC defeated, West sucks or relative to what it used to. You Your two best teams both have two losses, Sean, yes. and everything else in, in the West stinks. Yes. yes. Like after one and two, the SEC West isn't a whole lot different than the Big Ten West yeah. after the top two. I mean, but it's if, garbage. If Bama Ole Miss has beaten no one this year. No one. If right? Bama was that team you expected, the outlook would probably be different to sure. a lot of people. Sure. Because they will view it as, oh, the SEC is still as strong as ever. Why? Because they're going based upon preseason right. perception. And when things are kind of flipped on their head, people don't have the context to take a step back right. and intelligently look at things the way we're right. conveying right now. They, they right. just don't. They just perceive it as this conference isn't, obviously isn't as strong. And as that's exactly have. what they're doing, Sean. That's why the yeah. ACC, and, and I've had people that I know and respect have said that. Well, Clemson's wins aren't as good as Michigan's wins. Based on what? 
it's my well based on my pre my preconceived notion of what the Big Ten was coming into the season. Yeah, you talk about a conference that's not as good as people thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's the yeah. Big Ten. Yes, you know Michigan State was supposed to be good. They're awful. Awesome. Right, Wisconsin was supposed to be back. They're awful. Iowa stinks. Minnesota I, I was, was going to be the Big Ten championship game, which sir. says a lot about how bad the lot. Big Ten is. About that West, it <laughs> says a lot about that West. So you know, I mean, they lost at Iowa State. Here's the thing: the team that right now has a really good chance to win the West lost to Iowa State. Iowa State is the worst team in the Big Twelve. The worst team in the Big Twelve this year. Mm-hmm. And I think you could even say it's not even close. In my opinion, mm. I mean they're 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 below West Virginia, they're below Kansas, despite Kansas not having their quarterback. I mean they're one and seven in the Big Twelve. They're four and seven this year. They beat Iowa, that's who right that's now Iowa is tied State. for first in the Big Ten West. Yeah, Iowa State. Yeah, Iowa State well, beat wasn't, Iowa. Wasn't that the wasn't that like ten to seven? Right, like that was yeah. an ugly football game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ten to seven. Makes it even worse. So, yeah, th- these are some really bad rankings. I can only imagine the spin job that these guys are having to put out right now in these rankings. I would not, I oh, do not envy them. Their, their producers keep prepare them well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> their producers yeah. prepare them well with things they need yeah. to say. Right. I promise you that. Right. Somebody just said uh, late season losses are punished more than early season losses. Right. But that doesn't really. That doesn't really fit a whole lot because if you're going to look at like what they've done recently, again, I'm going to point to that Clemson has a convincing win over a team you just put into your top 25. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't like Scott Satterfield very much, but I'm now definitely rooting for Louisville to beat Kentucky this weekend for sure. Look, Clemson's you know? rooting for everybody in the ACC this yeah. weekend to win games. <laughs> yeah, like just Georgia Tech, just give Georgia a game. Just let Georgia sleepwalk through this game. Absolutely. Beat them, those, you know, let Georgia win, but, you know, have it be like the Kentucky game or the Missouri mm-hmm. game or something like that. You know what I mean? And then Clemson's got to handle their business against South Carolina too. That's the other thing is if they go out there and smash South Carolina because Dabo's going to be pissed. You know Dabo's going to be pissed about the rankings this week. He's going to have a lot to say about that. He, Nobody, nobody plays the disrespect card better than Dabo. Better than that, Dabo. Nobody. And there's not even a close second. I mean, nobody uses the disrespect, the, the Roy Bus guy. Nobody uses that better than Dabo. No. And the fact that it's Alabama right in front of him, I mean, <laughs> he's going to have some – I feel I kind of feel a little bit bad for South Carolina. Because I have a feeling you're going to get a vintage Clemson defensive performance this weekend. I really do. I really there's do. No, there's absolutely no reason for Clemson, at worst, to be ranked seven. No. There's no justification. And, Sean, you're usually an Alabama defender. And that, that's the thing is you're usually an Alabama defender. But you can't look at the two resumes and justify no. it. No. You can't. No, you can't. Now, you can't. here's a question, guys. If Notre Dame beats USC, again, we're just talking hypothetical scenarios. If Notre Dame beats USC this weekend, how much or does it help Clemson? And my 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 aunt my question is this is does the perception of Notre Dame change if they then also beat USC? I mean, yeah, to a degree. Yes. Yeah. I think it helps. I mean, USC is what sitting at six, right? So I mean right. they're a 
that's a legitimate victory for Notre Dame if they're able to knock them off. So that give makes two that, in a month. Yeah, and, and even though yeah. I, I guess the counterpoint would be, yes, Notre Dame's better, but also Clemson got smacked by Notre Dame, right? Like it wasn't a quality loss if you look no. at it that way, well, right? No. Quality of opponent loss. Sure. Right. But my my point is because you can't say it's quality loss because then I got to go point to the LSU Tennessee game, right? You 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 can't tell me Clemson should be da- dropped down because of how bad they lost to Notre Dame when LSU got curb stomped by Tennessee. Far more, it was far more of a beat down than what Clemson had to deal with. I mean, it was fourteen nothing in the third quarter, fellas. You know what I mean yeah. of that Notre Dame Clemson game. Yep, and they also again. To me, Clemson should be five if we're going to look at resume compared to the other teams. And, and hear me out. So if you're going to say bad loss, let's compare LSU and Clemson. Bad mm-hmm. losses. Okay. LSU has a bad loss. 27-point loss at home, at home to number 10 Tennessee. Clemson has a 21-point road loss to number 15 Notre Dame. Right? Somewhat – Similar. What's the only other data point that we can compare between these two teams? Common opponent. Yeah. Florida State beat LSU and led the whole game. Yeah. Clemson beat LSU and at one point or beat Cle- uh, Florida State and at one point time was up like what was around like thirty one to fourteen. Yeah. Late in the game, Cle- Florida State scored late. So and again, Clemson has another win. So Clemson now beat number sixteen, who LSU lost to, and Clemson also beat number twenty five, Florida State. LSU is two and two against top twenty-five teams. Clemson's two and one against top twenty-five teams. So again, what's the justification for having LSU ahead? Because you can't right to your point. Like you can use the bad loss thing as an argument for Bama to be ahead of Clemson. Right. You can't use it for LSU. You can't because they have, in my opinion, the worst loss of any of the top twenty-five teams. When you look at how much they were dominated. Like Notre Dame needed a pump block and a pick six to do what they did to 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 Clemson, right? Bama just, I mean, LSU just got worked from start to finish in that game. So, again, so, how, how do you justify? Basically, basically, what you're saying is Tennessee should be ranked higher than LSU. Like, please yes. explain to me how yes. LSU is a better team than Tennessee. I don't care how they lost to South Carolina. Recency bias. That's it. We came to your stadium and spanked you. Just as bad as South Carolina spanked us. It wasn't even close. Right. And the team you beat, barely, we beat. Right. Right. So. Right. Right. This is why they're picking and choosing when they want to use certain things. Yes. To differentiate. And that's. Yep, and that's where I have an issue, Sean. Is when you start when you start applying criteria inconsistently. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to feel that way about a thing. You want to have a certain feeling about something. That's cool. Have that certain feeling, but be consistent with it. Yeah. That's the key. And and to me, to your point. So, like, if you let's look at LSU uh, again. What LSU's best wins are? What? Let me pull it up here real quick. They beat number uh, seven Alabama. Okay, at home. So did Tennessee. Okay. What is their next best win? What's LSU's next best win, Sean? Uh, would it be the Mississippi State win? Ole Miss at number 20? Ole Miss, yeah. Ole Miss at number probably. 20? Yeah. 
But Ole Miss was ranked like top ten at the time. Yeah, but it's a it it should be about like where they are now. Yeah. Because otherwise, if you're going to do that, then you can point to where where Wake Forest was when Clemson played them. I agree. Right. So, uh, and then Notre Dame should have another big win because they beat number sixteen BYU and number yeah. sixteen Syracuse and Clemson beat uh, number ten Syracuse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Again, uh, so LSU has a win over number seven and number 20. Tennessee has a win over number five and number seven. And the win over number five was by 27. So, and it was that team that we're debating. So again, why is Tennessee, like it's other than they just lost this Saturday. And LSU didn't. That's the only justification you can use to. And the reason I'm saying this matters is because the committee has said your entire body of work matters, right? That's what they say. Your entire body of work matters. Well, no, they're not. They're telling us right now what matters is how you're playing in the last two weeks. Uh, you, know what what you know what just jumped in my mind? And just being fair, the committee can look at Tennessee and the Hendon Hooker thing, I think, as Ryan pointed out, definitely plays a part. Like, sure. Okay, you don't have your quarterback anymore. Both of their losses have been pretty dominant losses. Who's that? Tennessee. Sure. Georgia. Georgia no, we're back to arguing your resume based on your losses, not your wins. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Which I don't have a problem with if you're if you're applying it fairly. Right. Or if it's a Everything else is equal. Yeah. And that's the difference. Yeah. I don't have but everything else isn't equal. Like that. Right. Yeah, I don't have a So, like, with that. Sean, I would say this if you're going to compare, let's say Clemson to USC, I think Clemson's a better team than USC, my opinion. I think if they played, I think Clemson probably wins because I don't think USC would be able to protect their quarterback against Clemson. That's my, it's my opinion. Right. You guys may have, but that's my, that's my thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you wanted to say, okay, I think Clemson's better, I test wise, but, but here's the thing. They both have similar resumes win wise, right? Because yeah. USC, if I, USC has two wins over top 25 teams, right? Guys, they beat Oregon State and they beat number 18 UCLA. So yeah. comparable wins to what Clemson has. Clemson has wins over number 16 and number 25. You could actually argue USC's are slightly better. Yeah. Right. Uh, when you put the two together and then they have the same record, what's the difference? Okay. You, uh, USC lost to number 14 on the road by a point. Clemson lost on the road to number 15 by 21. That can be a tiebreaker for me and say, okay, USC deserves to be ahead of them. Even though the eye test tells me, I think Clemson's better, right? Resumes are overall comparable. That's when I'm okay applying who had the worst loss or better loss. Right. But when you're talking about a team with a better record and better wins being behind a team with two losses because that team's losses were better, that's a horrible way to justify it, in my view. Especially when one of those bad losses was to number one. Yeah. You know? And, and as, as people might not want to hear this, this, if it goes haywire, when they do meet in the off season, this will push the clock on expansion. That's if my you, final if question. Get Sean. Upset about the way this goes down. Is that why? 
It pushes the 12 team up further than probably they expect. I'm, I'm bringing out my – Sean, I'm bringing out my conspiracy theorists now. Oh, bring it up. <laughs> Is that <laughs> part of why they're watching, doing it? We are watching the TV networks, the Big Ten and SEC. That's basically Fox and ESPN, which will start their SEC contract next year. That's that's what you're watching behind the scenes. Like, don't get it twisted. Yep. You're watching Fox and ESPN. And the sure. outrage, the outrage mm-hmm. of the teams that they put in, two yeah. Big Tens and two SECs, the outrage causes yeah. the rest of everyone to say, well, we got to get the 12-team playoff faster. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a yeah. that's a good – Sean, I didn't even think about that. That's oh, yeah. Because this is all driven by money. Absolutely. What's the biggest money maker in their eyes? It's a 12-team freaking playoff. Right. The only, I mean, look, there's only one reason to go to 12 teams. One, mm-hmm. it's not about expanding the playoff and giving more teams a chance to win because oh. there's a lot of teams that would be in it that wouldn't have a chance to win. This would be actually one of the few years where you could actually justify teams outside the top four could win it all because mm-hmm. there's yeah. a little bit more parity this year, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. But what's the best way to do that? It's to, it's to, it's to get people so pissed off about the bias. Mm-hmm. And the power two and get the other three power five so pissed off about how you treated them that right. there's no ex- there's no justification except say, hey, we got to fix this thing. So because you know? in the negotiations for the expansion, the problem wasn't the Big Ten and the SEC. The problem was the other conferences. Yep. Feeling like in the negotiations that the Big Two wanted too much leverage, wanted right. too many guarantees. Wanted a guarantee of three teams, four teams for their conference. Mm-hmm. That was the pushback. That was the delay to the point Jack Swarbrick didn't even go to the meetings. He didn't go. He's like, man, I'm not going. When you guys are serious, let right. me know. Right. I'm not coming. He had a good reason because he was interviewing guys to be the next head coach at Notre mm-hmm. Dame at the time. <laughs> but I mean, look. Don't get it twisted, man. You're watching, you know, everything we've been talking about that takes place on the field. But this is absolutely behind the scene boardroom yep. negotiations. We know yep. what's happening. And it's playing out right before your eyes. Yep. And this is the exact thing that will get the other conferences, like you said, back to the negotiating table. Yep. Like, because they're going to be on fire. Yep. The ACC is going to be on fire. Like what? And if the Pac-12 also wins out, if you here's the thing: if USC and Clemson both went out and neither of them get in yeah. because TCU also won out, yep. Or TCU loses and Michigan stays in, right? Could you imagine that if Michigan loses this weekend, TCU loses in the Big Twelve title game, and they keep Michigan in the top four and then push LSU in? Yeah. Sean, you're on to something, dude. I oh, see, man, I love a good conspiracy, man. You hey. Sean, you know my political <laughs> views. You know I'm hey. into conspiracy theories, man. You just got me in my feels right it's, there, it's buddy. Really, I'm all about no, it. It's really not a conspiracy, though. It is literally the way. But that's a conspiracy. They're conspiring yeah. to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, from right? that standpoint, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Right. I yeah. meant in the literal sense, a conspiracy yeah. theory, not yeah. in a you know, the Mel Gibson movie or whatever. I mean, right. like in a very literal sense, <laughs> yeah. it's a conspiracy theory because they're yeah. conspiring to to do this. Yeah. So, and then, because here's what they would say. Okay, if we had the way it should be, the top four would be Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, and USC. That would be what the top four would be, right? 
so then you would have I'm actually trying because I'm I think this is fun to do. So you'd have Michigan number five, right? As of where they are right now. I'm looking at the rankings. Michigan would be number five. LSU would be number six, right? Yeah. Bama would be number seven. Uh you no, yeah, Clemson would be number eight because the fifth the fifth power five champ doesn't get extra bonus, right? No. So Clemson would be number eight. That was one of the negotiating pushbacks. Like, wait a minute. Right. <laughs> right. They would get in, but they wouldn't get a they wouldn't get favorable seating. If they're the eight seed, they're the eight seed. They don't get bumped up to the five seed. Well, see, at this point in time, now think about this. At the point in time that these meetings are taking place, the Big Ten and the SEC are in there knowing we're about to take USC and UCLA. Right. Like no one else knows this, but we know Texas and Oklahoma are about to lead the Big 12. Like this, all of this plays into these negotiations and the Mm -hmm. lack of respect for that fifth power five not being able to win. Because here's the absurd thing, Sean. Looking at what the rankings would be if there was the if there was the current playoff system, mm-hmm. you'd have Georgia number one, and they would play the winner of number eight Clemson and number nine Oregon. Yeah. Ohio State would be number two. They would play the winner of Alabama and Tennessee, seven and ten. Yeah. Which would be would piss a lot of people off because you're like, why is Bama getting a home game? With you know when they shouldn't be ahead of it, and this is when you could start arguing like, hey, seven to ten matters. Like where you right. have Alabama matters a lot more. Uh, then TCU would be number three. They'd play the winner of number six LSU and number eleven Penn State, which is a joke that the Big Ten would get three teams in in this format. And then number four would be USC, and they'd play the winner of number five Michigan and number twelve Tulane. And so that's that's when you would have Irish fans ticked off. Like, wait a minute, oh, yeah. Wait a minute, like yeah. Tulane, really? Right. right, but they're gonna have a group of five in there. I mean, they yeah. they will. Yeah, and that's when you would look back and say, "Freaking seriously, Stanford, really?" Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it uh, that's a bad deal right there, man. You've got my conspiracy theory stuff rolling now, buddy. Hey, no buddy, I've looked. Yeah. I've been, I've been in these rooms in meetings. Not not yep. not the CFP. I mean, not the committee rooms and the boards. But I've been in in the rooms at my former mm-hmm. job. I, I know. Yep. That's why I tell people all the time: like the people at the highest levels love Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, please understand: yep. if Notre Dame could be in the playoffs every year, they would welcome it. Yeah. Because it's a cash cow. Oh yeah, and, and Coach Freeman made a good. Because you remember, Sean, I was originally against the idea of a twelve-team playoff. I was like, keep it at four. And I, it's still not my number one option. My number one option is still the proposal that I have: play the bowl mm-hmm. games out, go back to the old bowl system, the bowl tie-ins, play those out, and then pick your four. Because you're going to have a lot of that conference carryover. We're actually going to have teams playing each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that's what I would love to see. But if you're going to not do that, I think a twelve-team, the way that they talk about it, is good because. Like you said, it does get Notre Dame in there more. And if Notre Dame is good this year, it wouldn't happen. But in other years, you know, in, in 2014 or excuse me, 2018, 2020, Notre Dame sitting there with a home game in December, you know, against some SEC team or some ACC team or some Pac 12 team. You know yeah. what I mean? So, because like if Notre Dame had, had it, 
if Notre Dame had beaten Stanford, let's say, I mean, Notre Dame is sitting there, in my opinion, at number 10, ahead of Tennessee. Like, I don't think there's any doubt. They, right. they would have won nine in a row. They'd have yeah. all these good wins, right? Now you're talking about, okay, Notre Dame positioning themselves to get in position to have that home game. Because they'd have to get up to the eight seed to get a home game, right? So that'll make it fun. It'll be better than than like this, in my opinion, now that I think about it, if you're not going to tie the bowl games into it. Because this is just like the, the blatant push for the SEC and the Big Ten is just – it's so obvious this year, Sean. It's so obvious this year. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? From a leverage – from a corporate leverage standpoint, I'm – dude, I can't even hate – I'm not, I can't even hate. I can't even play a hate. Like it's, it's really a boss move. It really is a boss I'll move. I'll hate. I'll hate. Hey. <laughs> just something. Just something. Just because something I may make it. you money doesn't make it right. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Like that may be the reality of it. But to me, it's like just because something provides you with gratification doesn't make it right. Unfortunately, yeah. They're, they're like, what can get? How can we get these dudes back to the negotiating right. table? Screw eight because the ACC was in the Pac 12 were the two big holdups. What two yeah. leagues got the screwed the most in this ranking, in my opinion? It's the Pac 12 and the ACC, the two that were pushing back during the negotiations, right? Because of all the guarantees that the SEC wanted, absolutely. Right. And they were absolutely. right to push back. The absolutely. SEC should no conference should get guarantees beyond their champ, absolutely. None. And Jack Swarbrick was right for rebuffing. If you're not in the conference, Notre Dame can't even be any higher than number eight. But right. What? So basically, we have no chance to have a home game, right? Because we we can't be in a conference. <laughs> right. Get the heck out of here. Right. I'll stick that. Yeah. yeah. And and I'm and I'm okay with him giving up because I was also mad early on about the fact they'd give up a chance to be a, a to get a buy. But then I was convinced by Vince that like no, this actually is a good thing for a lot. You know, it, it makes sense. You have to sacrifice this to you know. Okay, hey, we're not going to be outside of the top eight, but what we'll do is we'll promise you we won't let be you know be in the top four or whatever. Right. But that's fine if they want to put yeah. them. At least they should have a shot for a home game. Like, yeah. Don't... Yeah. Yeah. Because then if they if they get a playoff game in the you know that first round, well, once they go into the quarters against the top four seeds, you can't say, well, we played more games than you. Right. Can't say that anymore. Can't say it. Because like, well, no, we just played a we just played a playoff team and won. It's ridiculous. At home. But you know, thinking about this, guys, you, you know, Sean, you haven't been to a home game uh, this se- yet this season, and Ryan, you haven't been to the last couple. I'm gonna tell you right now, <laughs> the way that the Notre Dame crowd, even on Saturday against Boston College in the cold snow, it's a great crowd. They were loud. Yeah. They were having fun. Uh, the Clemson game was crazy. It, th- this crowd likes a good product, right? Notre Dame fans like a good product. And that's mm-hmm. that's what we've seen is like, yeah, even though they were winning, they just weren't a fun product and they didn't have a very likable head coach, <laughs> you know. And I'm going to tell you right now, like the way that the crowd was against Clemson, could you imagine if that was a playoff game? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Let, Bri- let me- Brian, I, I've heard from a couple of recruits that the Boston College game was like surprisingly like super upbeat, even with the oh, weather. Brian, and it was a great and- crowd. Well, yeah. again, but why? You know what would have made that crowd really freaking pissed if they'd had to sit in twenty degree weather to watch a team slog out a thirteen to six game, yeah, or you know, or even like the BC game a couple years ago in two thousand nineteen was forty to seven, 
but it was like 16 to seven at, you know, it was like 13, seven at halftime, 16 to seven and third. It's a sloppy game until they poured it on late or like the Virginia tech game of 2019, or like some of the ugly wins we saw them have last year. The crowd was having fun because Notre Dame came out first play of the game and went for 51. And then yeah. the first defensive series, you pick them off and then you put it right in the end zone. And the next thing you know, it's 37 nothing halftime and the crowd's having a great old time. Yeah. I, I, I think that I think the snow brought like a weird element to the game too, you know, because like they were playing well. Yes, like I'm true. not going to be true. sitting there happy sitting in the snow if my team's playing like garbage. The, the greatest picture ever, though, was Jason Robinson's little brother, Jaden Robinson, that play, they play out in Long Beach Poly. He had a picture of him in a Notre Dame uniform throwing yeah. the snow up in the snow. air. Did you see that, Sean? It was fantastic, man. Yeah, it was fantastic. Sweet. It was sweet. I wonder, because it is a playoff game, would there be a temptation to play it at Lucas, Lucas Oil? No. Notre Dame would never give up that revenue. Mm-mm. Not just for the campus, but the community. They would gotcha. they would get they'd get crushed. Gotcha. They get crushed for and rightfully so. Like you took that potential revenue away from us. You know what I mean? Uh, Christmas time when these games begin played, really? Yeah, they'd get crushed for that. And they wouldn't do that. But I get your point, Sean. You know what I mean? But I think that's the things I think I think the Notre Dame coaching staff would not want a game there either. Like, hold on now. We get a practice in, in this all week. Yeah. Bama doesn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? USC doesn't, right? It's the whole thing we've always said about USC. You know, stop being cowards and play us last game of the year at our place, just like we got to play you at the last you know game of the, you know, at your place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I uh, I don't think they would do that. But that, that man, that, that campus environment would be insane <laughs> if Notre Dame had a home playoff game. Oh, even if it was against Tulane, because that's the only drawback, right? If Notre Dame's really good and they're the five seed, then chances are you're getting a group of five team in the first round. I don't think it would matter. No, because it'd be a playoff game and they'd you know watch their team win. You're right, and I don't see many fans selling their tickets either. No, I had a whole not. The first, the initial. Well, it would be different because they wouldn't count as um. You it wouldn't be part of your season ticket package. So you'd you'd see a more. Yeah, yeah, I, and I'd be curious how they would do that because normally in a bowl situation, it's like teams get like a certain amount, right? Of each get a certain amount, and then the rest are kind of open. Mm-hmm. I wonder how that would go. Well, if they knew the playoffs were a possibility, they probably wouldn't give first access to season ticket holders. I don't know. I don't. It would probably it'd be part of the negotiation. It would be part yeah. of that. You know, like how how to. Each school would probably get their own. You can kind of do it however you want. Mm-hmm. You know, get first crack to the people who pay them. You know, the, the most kind of thing, most likely. But man, that would be uh, that would be a a you know, it, fun to fun to cover and fun to watch. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So yeah, that's uh, that's the rankings, guys. So any any other thoughts? Any we didn't really talk a lot about some of the teams that are a little bit lower down uh, on that. Um, mm-hmm. since the, 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 the race for the group of five is going to get interesting guys. Yeah. Cause is UCF or has anybody in the AAC clinched yet for the championship game? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Houston is still a, 
alive. Cincinnati still alive. Is Houston still alive? The, the only, not the Houston, only, not Houston, not Houston. No, Houston, oh. I think is. Are they? Um, wow. Well, they're tied with UCF for the conference, right? Right. They're five and two. Okay. Uh, wow. So, well, they lost to Tulane. They didn't play Cincinnati, and they didn't play UCF. So, like, they're it's the weird head-to-head thing. Yeah. And then, uh, so they're five and two. I believe they're still in it. They would need a lot to go their way, but Cincinnati and Tulane both can, you know, both are six and one, but they both control their own destiny from the standpoint of they both play each other this weekend and the winner goes. Mm-hmm. So m- now you, s- hmm. here's what I don't, I don't know what the tiebreaker would be between like Houston and UCF. Cause here's the deal. If UCF, beat both Cincinnati and Tulane. Mm-hmm. So my thought would be that UCF would get in. So I don't I don't know how Houston has a path now that I think about it. I don't know what Houston's path would be. And so so you'll have so the winner of the UC Cincinnati Tulane game gets an automatic they're in. They clinch. Mm-hmm. They only have one loss. And then it would come down to two loss teams, Tulane or Cincinnati plus UCF and Houston. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what the path for I don't think Houston actually now that I think about it, I don't think the path for Houston isn't because they have a worse overall record. You know what it is? Um I think there's a path for Houston if UCF also loses. I could that could be it. That could be it. Mm. Yeah. So I'm looking at it now. But it's um yeah. Here here's that Cincinnati Tulane game is gonna be really interesting game. Yeah. 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 It's two very con- contrasting styles, you know, yeah. very different. Yeah. Yeah. Cincinnati's a very grinded out team this year for yeah. sure. Yes. For sure. I'll tell you what, nice bounce back by Tulane after getting smacked by UCF. They yeah. come really out well on a right short now. week and yeah. Friday, yeah. They dominated they SMU, dominated. man. I you like that what? quarterback, man. I like Michael Pratt. He's a yeah. good quarterback. I like yeah. him. You saw this Tulane team coming when they went to Oklahoma the year before. Yeah. Like when they yeah. put that scare in Oklahoma, it was like, okay, this team, yeah, they can they can be pretty good. Yeah. And by the way, somebody said the winner of the two lane Cincinnati game is in the uh, New Year's Six Bowl. No, they're not, because they still have an AAC championship game that would have to get played, and yeah. that would impact the. Now, I don't believe the champ automatically gets that bid. It's the highest ranked in the playoff. However, okay. with how close they're positioned, there's no way the winner doesn't get it so like if since i gotta look at the tiebreakers because i wonder if there's any chance that there's a rematch a week later of cincinnati and tulane there is a chance there has to be a chance because houston houston plays tulsa that's a conference game yeah and then ucf i believe also has a conference game this weekend because they have a game left and they play usf so there's a chance you could see back-to-back games of UCF and Cincinnati. That would stink. That'd be ugly. But, like, how do they handle who gets in if, like, let's say Cincinnati, because I think it's at Cincinnati. Isn't this game the first game at Cincinnati? I believe the first game's at Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, it's, it's at Cincinnati. So let's say Cincinnati wins at home. They would then leap Tulane. But then what happens if then Tulane gets in the championship game, and then they beat Cincinnati. I think that'd be ugly. That'd be. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I hope that doesn't happen. That'd be ridiculous. Because you, <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to think about that crazy scenario. 
But yeah, that's going to be fascinating to see how that all plays out. And I think this all but assures, I think where Notre Dame is ranked now all but assures that the Cotton Bowl is not going to be an option for them. I don't think there's enough ahead of them that would allow them to get to Cotton Bowl, which I think is nuts. I, I Again, huh. I, who's re, whose resume would you guys rather have, Penn State's or Notre Dame's? If you're just looking at Notre Dame. I'd rather have Notre Dame's because it's like what we said before. People ask, and I'll let you guys answer, but here's where I'm coming from. What if we always said the problem was in Notre Dame? They beat all the teams you're not you're supposed to, but they couldn't beat anybody good. That's Penn State now. Right. Yeah. Right? It's the thing. Would you rather Notre Dame be nine and three with losses to UC, USC, Clemson, and Ohio State, or nine and three with the losses that they had and wins over Clemson and USC and North Carolina? My thing is I'd rather have the bad losses because at least then you can prove that you can beat the good teams. It's going to be much easier for me to figure out ways to beat Marshall and Stanford moving forward yeah. than to continue to lose those those big games. And then Same thing with Penn State. Yeah. You look at where those programs are as well. And that goes right with your point. I would much rather start off in my first year with bad losses, but proving that I can beat top 10 teams mm-hmm. and build mm-hmm. on recruiting and lay the foundation moving forward than to be going through the blase, we can beat the easy team, but we can't we can't take that next step. And that's basically James Franklin and Penn State. Like, this is who we are. I don't know if I can elevate the program to the next level. Like, mm-hmm. this is – we're stuck. This is where yeah. we are. So, whereas with Notre Dame fans, you might be disappointed, but you feel pretty confident. Like, okay, yeah. we're going to get this lesser team right moving forward. But we know that we can rise to the occasion. So, mm-hmm. yeah, very interesting. That has to be tough because I, as the Penn State administration, you have to be saying to yourself, like, we just we can't win the game. We can't be win the games we need to win to get to the next level. So, mm-hmm. are we okay? with the resurrection of the program and being able to say we're here or do we take the chance to try and get a coach right that can take us to the next level? I, I mean knowing we, we can take we a step just, back we we just saw that right Sean for a few years there right it's like yeah. you hit your you hit your ceiling yeah. are you going to be okay with that ceiling or do you want to mm-hmm. try to reach for the sky right like yeah. that's right. kind of where it comes to so. knowing that the inexperience in which you hired the new coach is going to cost you games against like Marshall and Stanford Mm-hmm. Sure. But then the ceiling is that you can also go out there and curb stop Clemson. Right. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, let's just say hypothetically for the sake of argument, they then go out and beat, um, um, you know, you go out and beat. Yeah. USC. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a decision because at first we thought James Franklin was going to go and elevate and get another job, maybe an SEC he was connected to USC for a while. You know, now he's really stuck. Like, well, J- James Franklin was one of those guys, Sean. It was like him. And I-, I know David Shaw was really successful and a good coach, of, you know, at points for sure. Mm-hmm. It's obviously going in the wrong direction. But he was always one of those guys that was connected to every open job available, Absolutely. you know. It's been like Matt Campbell over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. There's a job opening. Matt Campbell's going to be talked about for it. <laughs> I got a feeling that's not going to be true this offseason. <laughs> no. uh, I'll still float his name out there somehow. <laughs> yeah, his agent might, but no schools are. That's for darn sure, man. They've been awful this year. Just awful. 
he wasted such a golden opportunity with those teams he had and the hype that they had coming into last year. Yeah. Disappointing year last year, yeah. and they're just awful this year. He must his advisor. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Advisor. yeah. Like, no, just stay where you are. Just yeah. stay here in Iowa. It, it's really yeah. bad too because it's just Iowa State's offense is just so bad this year. Yeah. And their defense is actually good still. They they they've still a good defense, but it's just yeah, they're just who would have thought yeah. that losing Brock Purdy and Brees Hall would make you bad all of a sudden? Yeah, but I mean they, they, they shouldn't to a to a strong to a program that has a strong foundation. Yeah, meaning that should make you this bad, mm-hmm. right? Like the problem for me, Ryan, was that they struggled with Brock Purdy and Brees Hall in that yeah. last year. With that talent, yeah. yeah, that was the bigger thing for me was the not not that they you know took a step back this year, like. I mean, honestly, and the other thing too is like you look at their schedule, and it it wasn't it wasn't super helpful. You know, played at Texas, at Oklahoma State. You know, they got to play at TCU, at Kansas. They've lost a lot of close games: seven points to Baylor, three points to Kansas, one point to K State, three points to Texas, six points to Oklahoma State, and four points to Texas Tech. The only game they lost convincingly was at Oklahoma by fourteen. You know, yeah. so they're like this year's Nebraska. You know, but the problem is. And they beat West Virginia by 17. I'd be willing to bet. I'm going to look that up right now. I'm, I'd be willing to bet they, yes, they have outscored. They're four and seven. They've outscored their opposition this year by 47 points because all their losses have been really close, but their wins were by 32, 33, and 17, which is always nuts when you look at it. But my point was, Ryan, like to me, it's, it's, you know, you, you went seven and six last year with all that NFL talent. You were nine and three the year before. That was the problem for me is yeah. that big step back they took, which makes me then ask, okay, when you look at Matt Campbell for the entirety of his career, I think a lot of people need to be asking this question about their coaches. When you look at the the, the Matt Campbell for the entirety of his career, that Fiesta Bowl season is the anomaly. And what was unique about that season it was the COVID year. Mm-hmm. And you know, people are gonna start looking at like uh, we're just chalking that out, good or bad. We're chalking that one out. Like we're not even going there because there were so many things about if you were in this state, it was much harder. This state had certain regulations for how to handle COVID. This state had certain regulations for how to handle COVID. This school had this rule. This this school, you know, this team played out of conference. This team, this conference didn't. You know, all the you know. People are going to start chalking that up and say he's the eight and five, seven and six guy with the occasional four and six, three and nine, four and seven, three and nine, more so than he is the nine and three guy who finished number nine. Because you know what he's done every other year, going back to his first year, twenty sixteen, finished unranked. Yeah, twenty twenty is the only year he's finished ranked in in seven years now. You know, and so then when when the only good thing on your resume is the COVID year, like that's the thing that worked for Mel Tucker is at least his good year was a non-COVID year. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can't chalk it up. And then like Harbaugh's bad year was the COVID year. So you can look back and say, you know, yeah, right. And you look at what the president was during that thing. They were fighting the football team. They didn't want to play. And, all you know, the school president was doing all this stuff to hurt the program and all. It was a mess. And chalked it up as the anomaly because look what they've done since. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to start seeing that in the opposite direction too. Those teams that were good during the COVID year, you're sort of saying, we're not. You, you know how we always talk about that, you know, Trevor Lawrence was obviously a generational talent and he hit a lot of the issues that Clemson had as a yeah. team. 
I feel the same way about what Brees Hall did for that mm-hmm. Iowa State team a little bit, you know? Like, it wasn't Purdy. Purdy was a good football player, a good college quarterback. Brees Hall was a generational player to come to Iowa State. Like, they are not going to yeah. get guys like that every year, every few years, you know what I mean? Like, that was just the guy where even with a bad offensive line and off a passing game that was lackluster most of the time, he still put up his numbers, and he still kept you in football games like that. Uh, Brees Hall yeah. was just a generational well, kid for me. You know what? For me, Matt Campbell was this rising star, and I was really excited. I remember waiting for that Camping World Bowl game and saying to myself, okay, I'm really interested in seeing, you know, how Notre Dame handles this up-and-coming uh, Iowa State program. And then when Notre Dame just dumped them, I was like, oh, Mm-hmm. Okay. The air went out of that balloon a little bit. <laughs> like, all right. Because, you know, I, I'm always interested in seeing, for me, when you have a, a program that's elevating itself, those are the games where they really kind of show, them, show themselves as being a standard or setting the standard moving forward. Right? I thought if they had played Notre Dame a little bit better, or maybe pull the upset, probably would have gone a long way to kind of elevating the confidence in that program. When they got thumped, I don't think it was a step back, but I think it was kind of a leveling off. Yeah. Like, okay, this is where we are, you know? And I think you can look at what, what Boise State did. They were able to get those big wins to elevate the program, Right. And you're a smaller program on the rise. You have to get those big ones. People say bowl games don't matter. They do. Mm-hmm. Especially for programs like that. Right. Like they matter. Right. So, you know, the practice. They matter. certainly mattered for Notre Dame in 2014. Mm-hmm. Beating LSU. I think they had a big role in 2017 of changing the feeling of that season by beating LSU late. Uh, yes, they do. Sean, I'm, I'm going to say something else too, right? So you, you – Ryan, one of the there's advantages to being young. He's probably not in as much pain all the time as we are. <laughs> um, but one of the disadvantages is you just haven't lived life as long. And so, Brees Hall was a, is is a generational player because I think generations. If every 15, 20 years you're a generational player, right? But still, not the best running back I've ever seen in college at Iowa State. Troy Davis was an absolute dude at Iowa State in the mid nineties. Now again, that's, that's yeah. But like to yeah. me, if you go yeah. 15 years without seeing something, that's generational, right? Yeah. To, to oh, me, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. But Troy Day and Troy Davis did that on really bad <laughs> teams, where like he was all they had, and he still had back to back 2,000 yard season. I mean, they were awful. he was they were man, they were beyond awful. Yeah, they were bad. They went three and eight and two and nine in the two years that he and they went one and oh, they went two so and thirteen bad. in the league in the two years he went for over two thousand yards. Like, <laughs> what's a dude? Go watch was, all twenty two of that, Ryan. <laughs> Go watch yeah. all twenty two yeah. of those. I was. Do you, have, do you have access to that? Do you have some yeah. VCR tapes that I can yeah. borrow? Yeah. Right. Somebody yeah. has them. Somewhere. Well, if you want to know, it looked a lot yeah. like Notre Dame versus Clemson. That's what it looked a lot like. But there was only one running back that got the ball. That was it. You know, it was, he was a dude, man. He was a stud. He was a stud. And I'm looking at it here like, uh, yeah, they were, they were bad. Do you know that I just saw this? Do you know the all time record for uh, 
this is kind of crazy because I was looking at the stat leaders. The all-time record for uh, receiving – oh, that's passing. I'm sorry. I was going to say that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, the no, it's passing. Yeah, no, that's – yeah, but Brock per- – yeah, Seneca Wallace. So I'm looking at some of these – the all-time record, Austin Arnod is the guy who has the all-time record for single passing yards in a game at, at uh, Iowa State. Austin Arnod. Yeah. Wow, I've heard so, that even a long time. <laughs> here's what I like about Brees Hall, though, Ryan. I will say this. Brees Hall finished yeah. second in his career in yards. Mm-hmm. At, it was 3,900 yards in three years at Iowa State. Never had, mo- never got to 1,600 yards in the season, so it was just consistently really good. And another thing, too, is I'm looking at the top 10 all-time games in rushing yards at Iowa State, and he's only there once, tied for ninth. It was That's just crazy. that consistency, you know? Yeah. Troy Davis is first, second, and third. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. He had 378 versus Missouri, 302 against UNLV, and 291 against Ohio. So he was <laughs> a dude. He was a dude. All right, Ryan. So you got anything else you want to chat about tonight there, Mr. Roberts? Now that we've. Oh, nah, uh, man. It's been, it's been a wild day, man. I think I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wild, no wild day. No I'm doubt. disappointed with the Notre Dame ranking. We'll leave it at that for but now. There's but there's nothing, nothing about today that is going to dampen my spirits from a Notre Dame standpoint. Yes. Yes. So. The future is very bright. There's no yes. doubt about that. Yes. No doubt about that. Yes. Yep. And uh, as the art, I wrote an article kind of after the show earlier today, basically, you know, in the look, quarterback room was a big question mark for a long time at Notre Dame. I mean, really, it was. And where would the where would the future go be and all those other type of things. But uh, in a very short period of time, a a span of little less than six months that that has changed. Yes. And all of a sudden you're feeling a lot better about the direction of the Notre Dame program. Now that now that you've got Kenny Minchie and CJ Carr back to back to back. So doubt about it. I doubt about it. Yeah. I think, um, I think there were a couple of super chats earlier, Brian. We'll get to those. Yep. That's all those. Just making sure. We'll get to those. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure you didn't have any other playoff stuff. We had two just real quick. Get a super sticker from Milton fan. Thank you very much. And then go Falcons go said thoughts on predicted to go to the Gator bowl. So, um, I, I, I think that's a, I, I had someone email me today saying that that's an option, but there's some other options down there, Mm -hmm. uh, with them. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's right now, from what I understand, is the you're looking at the best options for Notre Dame are Gator Bowl, Cheez-It Bowl, and the – what's the one in – trying to think of – there was another one. I can't remember. It was, in, it was one of the Florida Bowls. But – and then there's a lot of people projecting into the Holiday Bowl. I don't think that's as strong of an option as some people are, are, are saying based on some conversations I've had with a few different people. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, all decent bowl games – you know, all decent bowl games. And uh, it to me, it's more about if you don't get into the co- – it's either New Year's Six and I don't care who the opponent is mm-hmm. or give me a better opponent. You yeah. know, that's going to yep. be the thing for me. Like people said like Mississippi State, I don't want to play Mississippi State. Like to me, that's as – like that's every much as, as as every bit as a lose-lose as Tulane and UCF and Cincinnati to me. Mm-hmm. Like you get nothing out of beating Mississippi State. Oh, beat an SEC team. Yeah, it's not even a good SEC team. It's what they'll say, right? Right. Whereas at least if you play Tulane or Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl, you can at least say, hey, we, we won a major bowl game. Right? That's I true. Mean, That's true. You know, yeah. so, yeah. So, like, the years that they played LSU, LSU was decent in 2017. They were not very good in 2014, but it's still LSU, right? right. It's it's Big it's different than playing and, Kentucky yeah. or Mississippi State <laughs> or something like that. That just doesn't – that just doesn't – Yeah. That just doesn't do it for me. Just doesn't do it for me. 
I get that because even when LSU is down from a win loss perspective, they still have a lot of talent, right? And they have the brand, so right. you know that there's going to be yeah. some appeal to it. Well, it's like least. I'd rather play Florida than Mississippi State, even though I think Mississippi State's a better team than Florida. Because at that point in time, it's not about did you play a better team; it's did you play a brand that allows you to, you know, say something, you know, to do yeah. something, to have some kind of hey, we did this. You know, they when they beat LSU in 2014, that was a team that finished eight and five. It was an LSU team that finished eight and five. But mm-hmm. it was still LSU. It still had Leonard Fournette, and you know you can name all these NFL exactly. players on it, right? And, Someone just said know. they wanted Penn State. Nah, I don't want to yeah. didn't play Penn State. I'm good. I'm good on that. Why? I'm I'm not I'm not arguing. I'm just curious as to in a bowl we just game. T- we just we just talked about them, man. I know they have some brand appeal, but it's I mean, are they a super relevant team right now? Right, like they're beating up on bad football teams, and they are kind sure. of where Notre Dame has been. You know, where they can't sure. beat. The upper echelon teams. I'd rather see a team that has won some forms of big games over the last couple of years. So at least you can again have sure. that feeling of you're going in the right direction. You're getting there. Right. You're almost there. You're at the t- you're getting close. I get that, but I, I kind of like I, I view Penn State as kind of like how I feel about playing Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, Florida hasn't been good in a few years. It's been a little bit since they've been good. But it's a brand name. It's a it's a it's a good program. When I look at Penn State, I mean that's a team that finished sixth in the country last year in recruiting, and they're you know pushing to trying to push to get a top ten class again this year. It's still brand power, uh, and and so. But to me, it'd be Penn State over who would be my question? Mm-hmm. Is my alternative Penn State or Florida, or Penn State or LSU or Penn State or Florida State or Penn State or something like that? Then I'd rather play that other team. If it's yeah. Penn State or Mississippi State or Penn State or Kentucky, I'd rather play fair. Penn State, right? So that's fair. that would be my thing, Ryan. Is just well, who's the other, right? It, it, who, who's the other? Now, if it's Penn State in, a, right. in the Gasparilla Bowl, I'm just making a game up, right? <laughs> yes. Or or Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. Give me the big game. Give me the Cotton Bowl. I, you know, it's because at that point in time, it's not about the opponent. The dream worlds. The dream scenario for me is still the Cotton Bowl against Tulane. I mean, excuse me, against Cincinnati is still the dream mm-hmm. scenario for me. I. I think that would be such a, a, a – it would be as perfect of an ending to Marcus Freeman's first year that doesn't include a championship. So the, right. per, the, the perfect of all perfectness is you get to the playoff and you beat LSU in the, or you beat Cincinnati in the semifinal and beat LSU in the championship, right? Can we – that's the 13-0 or 14-0 dream scenario for Marcus Freeman, right? Okay. Outside of that, with the losses they had this year, the dream finish of the season for me is – is playing Cincinnati and beating Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl. And what I what, what reason I say that is the only way you get there is by beating USC. So you would have beat two top 10 teams, number five and number six in the same year. You're going to mm-hmm. end up beating another top 25 team in North Carolina, which means you're going to have as many wins over top 25 teams this year in the regular season as Brian Kelly had like the last four years combined. Yeah. Right. And then you're also looking at a chance to get your fourth top 25 win in the bowl game against your old boss, who a lot of Notre Dame fans, not a lot, but like where it's the majority, but a lot in that it's a loud enough group to, to you hear them that right. thought Luke Fickle should have got the job over Marcus Freeman. So mm-hmm. you get the big wins, you, you, you scrunch your eyes, and I agree with you, but that's what a lot of people oh, say. No, I was, you and I, I was, feel the same I was way scrunching my eyes to the chat. Yeah. To okay, gotcha. About, no, no, yeah. not to me. It's just like the thought of Luke Fickle. Uh, yes. That's what I thought you were making that out. Like, but that's what a lot of people felt. Um and I have the same reaction you do. Like, really, Luke, Luke, you know, Luke, Luke Fickle. Yeah, Zach Martin nailed it. It's a loud minority. 
yeah. that thought Luke Fickle should have got the job. So you you beat a top five team, you beat your arch rival in a year where they're really good, knock them out of the playoff potentially. You go to a New Year's Six Bowl and beat your former boss who curb stomped you the year before when you were under Kelly. Yeah. Like h- how do you how do you and they'd be eleven and two, ranked in the top twenty. I mean, that, I don't know if you could call up a better ending that doesn't involve the postseason other than maybe playing LSU and beating LSU. That's true. But I think they're going to get a crack at LSU at some point in time. I think this year the Cincinnati scenario would be better for me because it would also be a major bowl game. It would be Cotton Bowl. And the storyline would be a, a crazy. And you I mean, and you have the Cincinnati loss from last year, right? So there's exactly. all that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, that. right. They, you know, Fickle smacked Kelly last year, and then you get, re- you get your chance for – revenge this year and then no one's talking about gee should should fickle have gotten the job over over Marius, right right yep so that's where I, that would be the dream that would be the dream for me in, in, in of the non-championship scenarios right so the the ultimate dream is like everyone loses to the point where so lsu loses so what what would be what would have to happen for notre dame to get in the playoff just hypothetically speaking right there actually is a pathway to that it's just not going to happen right yeah. so he, here's what it would be right so uh utah loses who do they play this weekend like colorado something, something like that yeah. right it's like yeah. not good they play at colorado right so utah colorado upsets well actually i don't even think Colorado utah has to lose because if notre dame beats usc they'll get in so washington would have to lose to washington state kansas state would have to lose to either kansas or to tcu penn state loses this weekend to whoever they play was it like michigan state right i think it's who mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. um yeah they play oh no that's uh see here penn state plays michigan state uh tennessee would have to lose to vanderbilt Ooh. oregon would have to lose to oregon state alabama would have to lose to auburn notre dame would take care of tcu lsu loses to texas a&m and loses next week to georgia and uh south carolina smacks Clemson who then loses to North Carolina. Sure. Cause then sure. you'd get Georgia, Ohio state, Michigan. No, not even then. Cause and then, okay. So then TCU would have to lose this weekend to Baylor. Baylor. Right. Yeah. Baylor. Isn't yeah. that who they play? So TCU would have to lose. No, to they Baylor. just, TCU just played no, no. Baylor. Yeah. They just Iowa state. Baylor. They'd have yep. to get curb stomped by Iowa state this weekend. <laughs> And then get beat by T. So so Kansas State would have to lose to Kansas, and then curb stomp TCU. The next, I mean, it's just so insane and, and far fetched. So again, outside of that insanity, I think the Cincinnati in the in the in the um, Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl is the ideal scenario, yeah. right? Like it's well, like so well, far fetched. Van, like Van, Vanderbilt's on a little bit of a hot streak, so they I might know. hold their end of the bar. Mark Lee's done a great job with that team this year. He really has because they were bad last year. They were. Yes. Awful last year. Awful. awful and then their left tackle leaves for Bama. You know. Yes. So Austin Stein or yeah, Steen Tyler, or Tyler, Tyler Steen. Yeah. yeah, Tyler Steen. So yeah, it would. Uh, somebody just says you're saying we have a chance. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> well, you are just saying so, we have a chance. Just it's so not we're clear, chance. <laughs> I'm saying there's an insanely unrealistic chance that they get in. Right? Like, you yeah. know, I mean, it's just no, it's not happening. But. And they'd have to beat USC by like fifty, you know, like they have like a fifty-nine nothing Ohio State Wisconsin from twenty fourteen type of game, you know what I mean? And then everything else goes nuts, all right. Um, I don't see that happening. 
so anyway, the point was the ideal is not that. It's yes. it's to play uh, Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl. That's the dream scenario. That's what if that if that were to happen, Ryan. Last thing I'll say. Mm-hmm. That would be the thing that would make me believe that the tide is starting to turn from Notre Dame, just from a luck standpoint, just from a you're catching some breaks standpoint. Because to be a great program, I think you got to catch some breaks. I mean, does Alabama's dynasty go on the run they did if Terrence Cody doesn't block like three kicks against Tennessee in 2009 and Colt McCoy then Luke gets gets hurt in that game? Yeah, you, I mean, you could go to all these type of things and and look at those scenarios. Say, does this happen if? You know, I mean, there's those are all tight. I mean, what was the year? Um, you know, LSU, Les Miles gets his title in a mm-hmm. year where if if Dennis Dixon doesn't get hurt, LSU's never even in it. Oh man, that Oregon team was rolling with Dennis Dixon, mm-hmm. man. They're rolling with him. Yeah. So, I mean, there's all those type of things where it's like you got to catch it. You got to catch a little bit of a break here. You know, yep. um. Mike D'Antonio, Mark D'Antonio built his legacy on the, around the time when Ohio State took a step back, you know, mm-hmm. late trestle era with all that, and then the fickle era. But then Michigan was really down. He took, and Penn State was down because of all the sanctions. So he took advantage. You always got to have a little bit of help and a little bit of breaks, catch a little bit of breaks. Yep. And uh, Notre Dame just seems to never catch those or never makes those. They never make their own breaks. And that would be one of those things that kind of makes me feel like, you know what? Maybe, maybe things are, maybe fate is starting to intervene. <laughs> on behalf of the old fighting Irish. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that those were the only two super chats we had, Ryan. So we are, mm-hmm. we're ready to rock and roll. So I want to thank everybody for being with us tonight. We'll be back in action tomorrow at one o'clock for a USC Notre Dame breakdown. And then by then we have decided what our schedule will be for the rest of the day, <laughs> whether we're going to do three shows or try to put two into one, we'll figure that out. Uh, since the t- the Kenny Minchie show went a little long, but you know what, Ryan, we were just having such a great time talking about picking up Kenny Minchie and all that show, kind of man. stuff. It just, yeah, it just kind of, it kind of went that way. I was like, nah, there's no way I'm waiting till Wednesday to talk about USC, but <laughs> it's just, you know, a little too fired up today about the Kenny Minchie news. So uh, that's uh, what it is. So anyway, everybody, I would like, I would really appreciate if you all would do us a favor and hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, hit the share the podcast with everybody verbally and also hit that share button. And also we have a new thing where if you like the show and you can't watch live, but you always want to give a super chat, there's actually now a thanks button. Uh, Connor gave one here, but there's actually a thanks button. So if you're watching a show, not live and you click on that thanks button with the dollar sign on it, you can actually give a super chat there in a non, and then leave a post in there that we would respond to. Uh, That's a new thing that we have on our channel now as well. It's the same as a super chat, just not live. You can check that out. And if you're listening via podcast, please give us a five-star review. Sign up for the message boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Check out Built Bar. Use the Irish Breakdown promo code. You get 10% off your entire purchase. And, of course, check out the merch, the IB merch store. So for Brian and Sean, I'm Brian. Y'all have a great night. We'll talk to you again very soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. (laughs) 